1: This week on episode 255 of the Weekly Exchange, we talk about Driftland, Stellar Monarch, Endless Space 2, some of the French courts drama, Total War sagas, Troy, and much more. So stay tuned.
0: Hey Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here, man. How you doing? A bit tired. That's kind of like the same old, same old, right? That's just status quo. Mm.
0: Yeah, just about. <laughs> just about.
1: <laughs> I'm good, man. I had a four day weekend, so I'm pretty rested, feeling good, feeling excited, hoping that, you know, it's weird. You and I talked on Friday, I think. Yeah, it was like Friday and we were like, man, mm-hmm. this week's kind of slow with news. And then a lot of stuff happened all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. huh? Right over the weekend.
1: Yeah. And so with our new weekly exchange format, we're going to talk a little bit about the news, but we're also going to kind of delve into some of these topics that probably, you know, are worthy of speaking about,
0: right? Absolutely. But we'll see. In the past, Troy and I tried to do that. And boy, do we have an angry beehive chasing us down. So we'll have to see how that works out.
1: Yeah. Well, the good thing was that our news posts generated a lot of positive feedback. So I'm really excited about that Mm because I I did put some work into Oh, the into one that, from but, Friday?
0: Yeah. I the just, one from Friday? Put nice. some work
1: into it. So it's got like, you know, there's about 10 topics of things that happened last week. And, you know, the little short synopsis of what it was, but also a link. And then, mm. you know, I got the artist that I've been working with to get a cool header, I think. so.
0: Oh, yeah. The extra, extra. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, it's already off to a good start. I'm excited to keep doing that. But we've got stuff to talk about. So tell me about Driftland. What's going on with Driftland?
0: So Driftland, The Magic Revival is a hybrid 4X, 4X light RTS slow burn type of game. It's really cool. It came out earlier this year. It's For a while, it was like the best-selling game on Steam. It was doing really good. And if you look at their Steam reviews, they're pretty positive. And anybody that I know that plays it, if you ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. So this week, they're talking about Uh, the porting of the game to the consoles, to the PS4, to the Xbox One, to the Switch. So that is, I believe, also to Mac too. And um, that's really good because any game that gets ported like that will potentially have much larger audience or exposure to a different audience. Not every PC player plays on console not everybody that plays on a ps4 has an xbox one or whatever the newest version of it is so and the switch or vice versa you know so the game is getting a broader release and it's really good and the funny thing is is that it kind of got me thinking about like 4x and strategy games you know, being ported to the other systems. So we have Age of Wonders, Planetfall, and Stellaris on—I uh, believe on both consoles. I have it for the PS4, but we yeah, have that. And then definitely yeah. the biggest
1: ones. And then, I yeah, you know that's great. I, I really thought about that too, but there's not many. And the weird thing is that well, C- Civilization Six came to Switch earlier this year, and it yes. hasn't come to PlayStation 4 or Xbox. Yeah, has it?
0: That's in. That's interesting. But speaking of Civ Six, they on Friday. Uh, I was looking over stuff and I, like, I was looking over things, looking for things to talk about. And I saw a post Mm. might've been on Kotaku saying that Civ six for the switch is 20 bucks on Amazon. I was like, what? So, look, that's what it was, 20 bucks. I must snag myself a copy. So, I got a copy. I don't know when I'm going to get to play it, but I have it for my Switch, too. <laughs> not that I play all that many things on my Switch to, in the first place, but, yeah, you know. You'll have
1: to report on that because I really want to know how it plays and whether or not there's, like, a significant reduction in quality graphics, you know, all that stuff. I really want to know more about that. So, maybe you could do, like, a short discussion
0: or something. Yeah, no, don't count on anything <laughs> for me anytime soon. Or I can some- talk about
1: yeah, just a podcast or a quick podcast. Yeah, let us know.
0: Yeah, that's that's a more realistic thing. Anything writing is just it's beyond me at the moment. But um, speaking of Civ Six, so I have it on my iPad, and I have a slightly old. I think I have an iPad Air two, maybe or three, and you can go through about two thirds of the game without really any issues. But then once like the whole map, even on a medium sized map. Once the map is fully settled, you start having issues. And at some point, it's just I was having crashes and I stopped playing it. And supposedly those were fixed, but I haven't fired it up again. And Joshua and I actually did a Audible extension for it where we talked about it at great length. So, it's again, it's interesting to see these... 4X and strategy games. I mean, a lot of the strategy games, a lot of the turn-based combat style, turn-based tactics are kind of making it to the consoles, but now we have the full-blown 4Xs. So definitely excited for that.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that translates because I have played Driftland quite a bit and it, it will be difficult. I really do think it'll be difficult to port that. They'll have to make a UI that works really well. I definitely don't think mm-hmm. it's going to look so great on Switch because I think it's a great game. It's a beautiful game. I mean, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Xbox and PlayStation will be just fine handling that. But Switch, uh, I don't know about that. So I'm just, you know, it's what? it's a game that I think has a, has an audience for sure. It's not mm-hmm. for me, but in it, it I, I really, I know that we like to call it 4X. I'm not sure that I would call it 4X. And you know that's mainly because there's some elements of 4X that, I, of course, you do like the exploration, and you you know you, I mean if you're going to get really technical and literal, the 4Xs are there, but you know some right. of the stuff that I really appreciate about 4X games, like uh you know detailed diplomacy and stuff like that. Yeah, right.
0: They're, yeah, they're yeah, not but there. So let's be honest here. Let's just just let's be honest here. Most 4X games fail when it comes to diplomacy of any type. So if diplomacy is the only, you know, it's if diplomacy is the main reason why you feel that it doesn't really fit into the 4X box, you know, we have games that are 4X that have diplomacy in it, but it's completely useless. Might as well not even be there because it doesn't do anything. So whether it's there or not, if it's a question of function, yeah, you know. It, it, eh. Too 4X... 4X has always been kind of a difficult thing to narrow down and, you know, nail into place because with each group of games, it's changing. You know, that goalpost keeps being moved.
1: You're right. And I think so, Oliver did a really good piece on it. A long, I mean, it's been a while since he wrote that piece, but his... Ex, um,
0: sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, I'm trying to remember. His exposition
1: called? called... And I forgot the name of it, but his exposition on it was really good because it, it really kind of tried to, like, narrow in on what what... Basically, what... Qualities make a 4x game, and mm-hmm. you know, I think even at the end of his little spiel, he was like, eh, <laughs> "It's such a it's such a broad concept, you know. That's, right, it's really right. hard to figure out what." But
0: right. Anyway, but so for the sense of this article, we'll just go ahead and say this.
1: Fine, you know what? Let's right. do it. We're just gonna all we're right. just gonna move forward with it being a 4x game, which I'm alright with.
0: That's right.
1: So anyway, all a right. game that is pseudo 4x and also like grand strategy game, Stellar mm-hmm. Monarch. I I haven't played much of it, and I'm use I'm really excited to because I. I know that there is an expansion coming up Mm -hmm. and he actually talks about this expansion and he mentions that he's decided that he wants to make terraforming a mechanic within the game and Mm he is asking anybody who's playing, anyone who's willing to put in the effort to apply to him about how that might go about being implemented. So mm. I, I think it's a cool thing. It, it's, it's it's clear that he his new expansion, which, first of all, I'm glad to know that he has he's gotten enough back that he feels like he should invest in Stellar Mark. So nice. I, I really do, do want to try it. That's something I'm going to – it's on my list. It's probably this week, so maybe next week I can tell you more about it. But, mm. yeah, for sure, I think it's great that he's reaching out and saying, hey, this is something that I want to do. What do you guys think about it? What are your thoughts? Give me some stuff. And, you know, that's a cool way to go about it. So,
0: Yeah, he did that not too long ago when he was asking about names for the expansion. So he got a bunch of people, you know, spitballing some names. So, yeah, you know, anytime you get your community involved, you're already ahead of the curve. And anytime that you take their involvement and do something with it, you're even better off than that. Assuming that their involvement actually leads to something good. There's always that little thing there. So.
1: in reading through the replies, it sounds like people don't want that, the uh, implementation of terraforming. So I, I the overwhelming majority of the responses so far are against the idea of ter- terraforming in the game. Um, they, they basically have said that, you know, like, you got to keep to the game's theme of being the emperor. And the emperor mm-hmm. makes decisions like that. But really, honestly, there are things that it should be doing, uh, you know, as opposed to maybe like a group of scientists or something like that. So...
0: Right. Right. Yeah, well, know. you know, he did ask and he is getting answers. He <laughs> he's gets getting the answers. His, he yeah. wants. Yeah, I no, know. That might
1: not be the answer he wanted, but he's getting answers. So that's cool.
0: Exactly. So, all right. Well, we had an interesting bit from um, Endless Space, from Amplitude about Endless Space 2. So this was a bit of a mea culpa for the state of the latest expansion for Endless, Endless Space 2 Awakening. Um, I don't know if you... Well, I know you remember, but I don't know if... A lot of the listeners remember that when Endless Space 2 came out, there was an issue where it was, it was a bug where you were stuck basically in a turn as it was kind of like processing the turn There's some kind of an infinite loop in there. And it was really early in the game that it was happening, and a lot of people were struggling with it and having issues. So that kind of resurfaced again. And again, people were like, oh, come on. You know The game's been out for so long. Why is this bad? So you had the leadership team. Addressing this and, you know, apologizing, like, look, we really appreciate hanging in there. We're going to we promise we're right on top of this. We're going kit- to take care of this. We're going to, you know, this is on us, our bad. When we were testing it, somehow this slipped through. And it happens, you know, even when you have um, paid professionals that are beta testing stuff, sometimes you get stuck like in. And I'm not defending Amplitude. I'm not, it's not because, oh, I'm a VIP, which I am. Oh, I'm an Amplitude fanboy, which I am too. That go, you know, I have no issue admitting either of those things, but when something doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I'm not going to be standing there, you know, rallying the troops and waving the flag to defend, you know, to defend from, from negative comments, because you know what, sometimes a negative comment, <laughs> granted, let's not get nasty, but yeah. not being friendly or, and, and not being not being constructive are very different things. So a, a negative comment that's constructive is better than somebody just coming out and th- throwing out a threat. Not that I saw any of those or anything like that. I'm just saying. No, so it, you have people reporting it. Right. And and getting I, very and it, frustrated. They were on our
1: forums too. I mean, there were quite a few people that came on our forums and said, man, like I'm running into bugs. I'm running into stuff that I just did not expect. Mm-hmm. And then even so through our Discord, we have people that are... On, on our Discord that are associated and employed by Amplitude Studios. And even they said, like, okay, we kind of dropped the ball here. Like, we would normally have had a closed beta testing, and we didn't do that because of Gamescom, and we we screwed up. So, yep. And, you know, I think that's cool because a lot of people, a lot of game developers, they don't acknowledge stuff like that. They don't come mm-hmm. out and say, wow, okay, we screwed up. We're going to fix this. I mean, I think it's becoming more and more common, which is great. But here, Amplitude Studios owning up to it, saying, all right, we didn't take the time we needed. We're going to fix this. There's definitely some things we need to do right now. And we've gotten those down. And we're already working on a patch now. Um, And then by Mm -hmm. the time the, you know, the first week in October, we're going to have as many things we can fix, we promise. And I think that's good. I like a time. I like a timeline. I Mm -hmm. like the fact that they they try to knock out the biggest bugs immediately. And they did, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. they're just going to, you know, kind of focus on what would make the game more polished and more fun. So,
0: and I just want to, I'm, I'm not going to throw shade at anybody else, but I will make one comparison real quick. So I will take for So in the past for when they were supporting Civ and like beyond earth and whatnot, they had these quarterly or semi-annually or annual, like major updates. But in between when stuff was happening, they were just kind of collecting it. And, I believe this changed prior to gathering Storm. Yeah. So this was after Rise and Fall. They started doing more frequent updates and becoming more communicative with the player base and going on other forums like Civ Fanatics. Outside of their own personal forums and outside of Steam, I've seen them posting. And there were always, Civ Fanatics is like this forum that's like, it's literally exactly what it says. There are the people there... (laughs) <laughs> for access most likely is poaching people from there for closed <laughs> beta for right, working yeah. for them because there's incredible talent there so out of that forum they give feedback and the way they play test the game it's like wow like i have not seen too many places that have that type of depth but that's also because of how old that forum is and how they've been going through the various iterations of the game over the many many years like i think they've been around for like at least 25 years yeah twenty I- twenty five years maybe under a different name but the right. core group's been there. So Frax has started doing more frequent updates. And if something's wrong, they'll come on and they'll be like, look, you know, this is what's happening. We're on top of it. We're sorry. We're taking care. And that's important because right now in the gaming community as a whole, not any particular genre or any particular company or publisher, just as a whole, there's a lot of vitriol. There's always a lot of vitriol. But right now it's pretty bad. And you have these pitched battles and you have people getting doxed, and you have developers being run off the boards, and then you have developers that are turning around and just insulting the community members. And you have the fight between Steam and the Epic Store, you know, so there's all this turmoil. And when you have a developer that kind of steps up and says, hey, guys, we dropped the ball, we're on it. We may, we apologize. We'll take care of it. That's nice because I have, thankfully, I have not seen too many calls for anybody's heads. And usually when I see that, that really turns me off. Yeah, because, for sure. And, and even me, as angry as I am at Phoenix Point and the crap that Snapshot Games did, I'm not calling for anybody's head. I'm just saying, shh. Personally, I'm not going to buy their products. And when I see them post something stupid, I'll comment about it. I certainly <laughs> did this weekend. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see something that I posted that wasn't very nice and somewhat pejorative, but it wasn't directed at a person. It wasn't directed. It wasn't an attack. It wasn't a threat. It wasn't an ultimatum. It was just, hey, they screwed us and we'll screw them back. That's it's it. And, you know, I think that's fair.
1: It's personal expression. Yeah. You're You're more than welcome to yeah. that, right? especially if it's general when it's my private account when (laughs) it's my private account it's not like you're using the website to be like screw you snapshot because
0: exactly i'm exactly i'm not chasing i'm not sending anybody any hate mail though (laughs) though one of the writers blocked me on twitter because i added him for one of the exchange i had with him maybe six months ago and he kept sending me messages like dude leave me out of it i'm like i'm not that was just the first message So he blocked me so he wouldn't have to see it i don't know if, (laughs) if he's unblocked me or not but He's a good guy and I like his writing style and unfortunately he got caught in the whirlwind. Yeah, as things happen. It happened. It happened.
1: So, happened. I know that Interstellar Space Genesis had a quick update. Can you tell me about it, buddy?
0: Can I t- I guess I can tell you about it. So, they're talking this is quick update number 6. They're working on patch 1.0.5 and again, this is from anybody that's played the game will always say that like there's an issue with the speed of the game, like how how fast the game moves. And they're addressing that a little bit, but in an interesting way. So they're adjusting research speeds for individual players. So my assumption is if you're playing against the AI and you want to give yourself either a boost or or you want to give yourself a malice, you could adjust the speed of your opponents, or maybe this is something that'll be specific to the various factions in the game. Uh, they're continuing to work on the map pathing. There's, I, this is this line. I want to see in every single update for every single game that I in Forex, 100%. In strategy games, 99.99%. There's significant AI improvements. Every single time somebody posts, I want to see that, and I actually want it to mean something. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely. That was a welcome little bullet point there. Did you also see what they're saying about uh, the exciting news for fans?
0: Uh, are you talking about the at what's coming after 1.0.5? Yeah. Yeah, so they're working on additional content. So my guess is it's going to be some type of an expansion. And our review of the game was very positive. And I don't know anybody that's played the game. Genuinely and legitimately do not know anybody that's played the game that's come back to me and said, Oh man, this game is awful. I hate it. Everybody's come back. Oh yeah, this is really good. You know, this thing, little thing, that little thing. But overall, they, you know, they, they did a really good job. These guys know what they're doing. So I'm very curious to see what, like, I know what they said. So they're going to overhaul the graphics, which is great. This is something that we actually commented on the Audible extension when we were talking about, like, the, the structures on the planet and, like, the appearance of that. Like, what's there is something that we saw 25 years ago. You know, they could have done more. So maybe yeah, they no, are, you
1: know. Uh, that's probably the most exciting for me because I think – uh, you I mean, everybody brought up a good point about the fact that the gameplay is pretty solid. There's a lot of things to like about the gameplay, and i I agree with those. I just for me, when you have such an inconsistent graphics mm-hmm. quality graphics, mm-hmm. you know like theme, it becomes difficult for me to involve and invest myself into a game. So when they me say too. when they say something like we're going to completely overhaul, a game's graphics i get really excited when it, especially when it's probably the weak weak spot for me so they're talking about completely new ship 3d models for all races mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. ui revamp a mm-hmm. revamped colony 3d view which is great improvements to the galaxy map diplomacy system view and space combat which all those sound fantastic so basically i think what that happened was that this game sold well enough that they you know they, they were able to t- use some of that money that they've 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 gained they've acquired and invested back into the game, which sounds freaking great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, we know the guys. We know the dev studio. We, we they used to be the the folks who ran Space Sector, which is a site that we were very much inspired by when we created Explorminate. And we kind of, in a sense, took over their mantle because when they moved on to make the game, it was like, what's going to happen to the Forex community? Oh, here's this new site. Look what they're doing. Here you go, guys. Whew, you guys handle it. We, we got this other thing. Here you go. Here. So it's kind of really cool. We have a lot of interactions and they're really, really cool guys over there. And I, we definitely want them to succeed and we want them to be satisfied with the game that they're making. And we want them to have the sales that make it worthwhile for them. And unfortunately, in this day and age, graphics plays a huge role. And I mean, I'm guilty of that too. There are plenty of amazing games out there that I just, I cannot get past the graphical interface. I cannot get past what I'm looking at because when I play a game, my eyes are open. If I was playing a game with my eyes being closed, I wouldn't be playing games. I would be doing, well, it would be different <laughs> kind of games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I would be doing something else. If I'm not if I'm playing a game on a computer that costs $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 that with with a 49-inch monitor and you know with these crazy sound systems and just the most the best and the greatest and I'm playing something that I played on a computer that Maybe at the time, if I remember correctly, I think my PC back in the early '90s cost like three or four grand, but looked like something, you know, looked like something. I think my um, my uh, fitness tracker has better graphics than my PC <laughs> did from the '90s. And when I'm playing a modern game that looks like that, my fitness tracker is too powerful for it. I I can't I can't look past it. I mean, I'll admit the game is good. I just won't play it. So. You know, again, back to that whole personal preference thing.
1: And so let's talk so, about I'll of the Sacred Suns real quick, because this is an update that Steve Hawkins, who is the main developer, lead developer, only developer.
0: I think I the think only the developer. developer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he has actually told me that point eight is when he thought I should dive in and start actually doing mm-hmm. videos and, and let's explore. So I'm really excited because point eight is coming and mm-hmm. with it. They're going to have science system, which I, from what I understand, is only going to start with 15 researchable items, but that's awesome. I think there, a game like this shouldn't have too many researchable items because I think that's not the
0: focus of this game. Mm-hmm. This is a grand strategy game.
1: Right. So then we also have stories, the story element, the story game mechanic being implemented. So there's going to be a few test stories to kind of showcase mm-hmm. the system. They're mm-hmm. going to move on from there and add more. And of course, that'll be you know a grander, bigger part of the game as, as the uh, updates keep coming. Mm -hmm. And then now you have relationships with the houses. So each of the houses now have, uh, you know, like a a feeling towards one another. So they may, you know, they Uh, they consider their relationship with those houses as part of their long-term strategy.
0: You call it a feeling. I call it an agenda.
1: Agenda. That's a great, yeah, seriously. Well, and and but agendas are also, you know, they can be swayed by emotion. It sounds like Mm -hmm. there's going to be some emotional balance like you know weight to some of these so if they Absolutely. they have like a, a long-term good history with you they're going to be more likely to work with other houses and mm-hmm. stuff like that so and as
0: long as you eat the egg on the same side as they do yeah you exactly. guys, uh, match made <laughs> in the stars
1: yeah there you go and as long as you're not getting in the way of their goals <laughs>
0: right, right as long as whatever systems they have for expansion you willingly are going to give up yeah you'll be best yeah, friends exactly and if not you might find yourself dead in your bed or something you know who knows? That's part of the game,
1: right? So exactly, exactly. But the other thing too that they're focusing on, and another, you know, I think this is another great point, another thing that I think is important to this mm-hmm. particular game because it's all mm-hmm. as important mm-hmm. as the UI and the graphics are to Interstellar Space Genesis. I do believe the UI is actually a weak More spot important. for Alliance of the Sacred Sons. And I've I've mentioned that to him before. I feel like with a game that's so dense with so much information, you need to make the UI as good as you possibly can. And that's going to be difficult. I really do Mm -hmm. think that. Mm -hmm. But he's aware of that. And he has what he's considering a long-term goal of a complete UI revamp um, with focuses on simplicity, um, you know, basically so that you're not overwhelmed, but you also Mm -hmm. have the information that you need for the turns that you're on. Mm
0: -hmm. And then you have Mm -hmm.
1: activity. So there's like, you know, things move, you know, rather than being static. And then you have dynamic tooltips. So if you really know more about like the the Total War of Three Kingdoms, that he's that's what he's referenced here. But uh, they have wonderful tooltips in that game, and also games like what is it, At the Gates. John Shivers At the Gates has a great tooltip system.
0: Mm-hmm. But maybe because I think it has the best tooltip system.
1: Absolutely, I think it's if, if you have a game as dense as At The Gates, you need a a tooltip system, a UI that can make that easy to to wrap your head around. And I think Mm -hmm. At The Gates, John Shaver did a fantastic job with that. And I've said it before, but if people don't start to use that tooltip system in games coming forward, I think they're wrong and they're making a huge mistake. No. And then, so yeah, can player flow? I mean, that's kind of like a generic term just to say that, you know, you want to make sure that as things are happening, as the game progresses, that you are... You're, you know, that things are changing in the way they should. Um, mm-hmm. That they're they're being directed in the way they should. So, all those things are things that Steve has outlined in this update 0.8, which I believe is expected at the end of, I think the end of this week. I want to say so, uh, this coming week. So by the time you're hearing this, it should. It's be, probably a
0: couple of days out.
1: Yeah, a couple of days out. So very excited. I'm super excited, and I know that that's going to be when I jump in and start looking at it hardcore. And then maybe start providing some, you know, coverage of and, and so forth. Well,
0: okay, so, more like like your videos and stuff, like the Let's Look, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, exciting stuff. Okay, well. Want to talk about this <laughs> big news update? Because this is a big... I, I know that there was some leaks about this game that came out before it was officially announced. So, it didn't mm-hmm. really surprise everybody. But you yeah, want to talk about... it didn't about...
0: surprise... I don't think it surprised anybody. So, tell me about... Total Least War Sagas. All, I will. Least of all, the person who is the number one feature in this game. This game is about his life and the difficulties he's experienced. This is Total War Sagas. Troy. Troy Kostasik. This is going. Troy Kostasik. This is going to cover all of the different <laughs> trials and tribulations he's had. I saw him posting that he's done a lot of work and thanks, thanks to Creative Assembly, that's, were where eight, that's where
1: he's been. That's where. That's why back. he had to step back. So that's, that's why he
0: had to step back. Now you guys know. He's uh, actually playing every character in the game. So everybody's going to have his animations. <laughs> and his voice and acting everybody's right. going to have his voice acting in his face. Apparently, he's <laughs> a really strong voice actor. And he can really grunt and, you know, imitate the sound of swords and shields. And, you know... It's a natural but progression all,
1: from his book. So it's basically... That's right. His life and then what he would do if you were in his own book series. It's a, it's a great... That's I'm right. excited, man.
0: I, I am too. Actually... I'm going to take that back a second. I would be excited if that's what this game was about. <laughs> exactly. But since that game is not about, not because I I want to live Troy's life, but because I think living Troy's life would be significantly more interesting than actually playing this game oh, for man. me. See, this is yes, why we're going to disagree. We are, we are bound to disagree, and I will tell you why we disagree. Because I have played the version of this game four times in the last, what, seven years? So we had we had uh, total war. We had Rome, right? Rome two. Rome Rome two. Yeah. Who? What else did we have after that? Well, we've had
1: more recently. We've had three kingdoms, which I think is
0: no, 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 no. Something set in that time period. In the time. What followed Rome? What was basically? I'm expecting them to. No, not Britannia. Britannia was later. Britannia came afterwards, or part of it, but that was in the western part. What was? literally north of Rome who were the barbarians that were one of the groups responsible for taking down Rome
1: okay yeah so what was the name of that that I mean I know your game you're talking about but now I can't remember the the dang game
0: (sighs) man you were looking
1: for me to say
0: it (laughs) I I was (laughs) it jumped out of my mind Attila Attila there you go so there you go so you know how they went back and they retroactively or paraphrase they retconned the uh samurai games and they're basically calling it they're calling the the other total war games that were the samurai scenarios and they're calling those saga games now well are they really um, i didn't know that yeah they are we, we talked about it a couple oh, see, of weeks back I, I probably wasn't on that podcast mm, probably not but anyway so they kind of did this retcon which is kind of like shenanigans in my opinion and yeah, that is shenanigans. i expect them to do the same thing with attila it's a slight update like a mechanical change they're gonna call the attila games a sagas game and they're going to uh you know the people that own it will get a free copy and the people that don't own it they'll do a little discount and oh here look a brand new sagas game it's amazing it's attila it's like wait no that game came out five years ago you know four years ago or three years ago or whenever it is that they do it so for troy here's the thing Troy is not a fantasy game. There's a total war saga. Troy will have fantasy elements, as in the god, the deities that you worship, and and they'll
1: have heroes, which are and they'll
0: have heroes, but they're not going to have fantastical heroes. So you're not going to have the Minotaur. Is you're going to have a big dude. With a helmet that's, uh, you know, a bronze helmet, a bronze bull's helmet or the Cyclops or whatever, whatever else is in the Iliad that they want to cover, because this is not a historical game. This is a game based on a poem.
1: Right. And I think that's where the the biggest mistake, honestly, I think that if they went more mythical and more ahistorical, I I mean... the Iliad and the Odyssey isn't like any historical, you know, text or anything. But like, if they'd gone, because I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to make a historical like interpretation of that saga, right? Yeah. But I really wish they had just gone full mythical, added yeah. minotaurs, added yeah. all that crazy Greek stuff, and yep. just gone
0: with it. And then that would that been awesome. I would have been that I would have wanted to play. That I would be like, yeah, okay, that's got me excited. But playing this okay it's kind of like three kingdoms so three kingdoms has two modes you have the like the historical mode which is and then you have the what is it the fan it's not fantasy what's it called they call it the romantic mode the romance the romance of the three kingdoms mode which is like you have one guy fighting off a whole army and i challenge you and some other dude steps up and then an announcer goes fight and it's like street fighter and like, you know, they're knocking all the audience back and forth and this is is pretty rad. It is awesome. That right. But that's because they went ahead and they said that. And we know that whereas here they're saying it and we know it, but it doesn't make sense because in the three kingdoms, they didn't maybe my, my, Memory of the romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's not like I didn't play half a dozen different card games and board games, and read novels and watched anime and played you know console games about it. But those games don't have monsters. They have like these larger than life heroes yeah. and all of the stuff. Yeah. But these stories, the Iliad, the Odyssey, they have monsters. This yeah. is kind of like a a, a Greek bent on. Total War Warhammer. So imagine, take Total War Warhammer, take away the vampires, take away the the goblins, take away the orcs, take away chaos, and take away the lizardmen and the elves and substitute some other mythical creatures, and boom, you have a completely different game. And you can set it within that time period. They already showed us someone, like the intro trailer had, like, like it was stylized, and, you know, it looked cool. But it's like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm not buying it. No, Literally,
1: I'm, I'm think... not buying it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. So I, I do believe that the mythology take on it would have been much cooler. I still think that I will give it a shot because if they're going to do something romantic or they're going to have like a romantic mode like they did with Three Kingdoms, Three Kingdoms is so well done. Undeniably the best Total War game, in my opinion, since Shogun. and Or Shogun 2, actually.
0: Uh, what, okay. You mean Warhammer.
1: Okay, see, I've never played Warhammer. I, I, oh, I, mean, my I know. God, I, I know. I Neither buy... have I.
0: Neither have I. But I own both games. <laughs>
1: so that's the thing, though. Like, so I, I enjoyed Three Kingdoms very much. I the the gameplay was fantastic. And if they're gonna take what I think is honestly a pretty unique setting and apply mm-hmm. it to a game like that, then mm-hmm. I'm all in. I'm in. So we'll see. Maybe towards the towards the closer towards the release, I'm gonna be like, nah, screw this, I'm not in. But right now, I am certainly intrigued.
0: Okay, I I am also slightly my curiosity peaked slightly, but really my curiosity peaked because I'm curious to see how they adapt the Three Kingdoms engine into Troy, and what I'm more curious about is how Total War Warhammer 3 is impacted by the changes they made for Three Kingdoms. Because every time they release a Total War game, they try to incorporate the things that worked. Yeah. So I'm curious Uh, to
1: see. I am curious to see that too. So we'll see. I don't know. It could could be a complete flop, just like Britannia.
0: Right, yeah. That was a flop.
1: So Uh, let's talk about the what is for this week, which I think is pretty exciting, but also kind of disheartening because from what I understand, the guy is taking a break on development for now, but... Proxima Centauri, which is clearly a play on Alpha Centauri, mm-hmm. is a, like, like almost straight out of the 80s. It's got, like, a pixel art 4X game that's mm-hmm. clearly about, you know, going off to uh, another planet and doing mm-hmm. basically, like, the whole Alpha Centauri thing, which I think looks pretty cool.
0: Mixed with colonization.
1: Yeah, I think it actually looks really damn good. It's just unfortunate. I guess in July, he said that he was taking a break for whatever reason, he didn't mention any reason why. He just said he was taking a break until later this year. So hopefully that means... My guess
0: is finances.
1: Finances, or maybe he had to take like a summer siesta or something. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, he's hopefully coming back to it soon. But it does look like a promising project. And I hope that maybe if we highlight it a little bit, it would...
0: Uh, it would Get a little attention to it. Yeah. it's it, This, to me, this looks like a mobile game. Not... In a sense that it needs to be a mobile, but it looks like a kind of game that belongs on mobile. It's not a graphically demanding game, and it looks like it has a lot of elements that, if you know, it hears your finger and just move it around and do stuff versus controllers or keyboard. So I'm curious to see how this game, you know, what happens with it at the end of the year, where development goes with it, because you know, the tr- the truth of it is is that everybody that I know. Who's young doesn't play on a PC. It's very rare when somebody plays on a PC. They play on a handheld and an iPad. They maybe a surface, maybe you know, a switch or or their phone or something like that. So for better or for worse, you know, times are times be changing, right? Yeah, we gotta get with them. Man. So <laughs> man. Speaking of times, I wanna talk about this one thing. So you know how you said you wanted The show to change a little bit, and you want the show to be more like a back and forth, not necessarily about news items, maybe some other stuff. And I had earlier said that, oh, we've tried this before. Good God, (laughs) people were not happy. So I want to kind of I want to talk about a subject that I think people will be okay with because it is not controversial at all. I hope. Politics. All right, yes, and religion. Oh, there we go. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay, so the first topic I want to talk about is game music. Now, we've done a piece about it. We've spoken about it on previous podcasts many times. But something in particular. So earlier this week, I was listening to one of my Pandora mixes, and this song came on. And I have different mixes, you know, different moods and stuff like that. But I have this one particular mix that's like when I need to relax. So it's like Deep Forest, Enigma... Uh, Asterix and like a couple of different things of that nature you know and like there's a lot of like relaxation yoga type music just something to unwind then this one particular tune came on and i was listening to it and it just immediately pulled me back like just grabbed me and sucked me in into the 90s and i started thinking about it I'm like why is this so familiar so it got me thinking do you know well for me one of the most influential game music was SimCity 2000
1: I had no idea although I do remember SimCity 2000's music it was very good
0: it was amazing and this song sounded almost like somebody lifted inspiration from that and just w- went to town on it and it got me thinking like we we talk about why we like certain games right well I like the game because I like the aesthetic I like the game because I like the visuals or I like the story or I like the gameplay. I like the music. I like the combination of the various things. But like when you ask people about what they like, what they remember from way back when most people won't say that it was game music, you know? Oh yeah, it was okay. 16 beat. You know, I remember this Mario tune or this Zelda or this Metroid or Castlevania. It was so awesome. But like, it wasn't good I'm for me. I, I don't consider that stuff good, that, you know, good music is like good music. And the first game, first 4X game to me that had good music was Ascendancy.
1: Oh, I was hoping you would say that because Ascendancy's music is, I mean, I when, I when I think about it, when I think of anything to do with Ascendancy, I just remember knowing who I was dealing with immediately based on the music. And, Be- based on the music, right. You close your eyes and you know, who's coming at yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, and it set the tone of the, the like, whatever, the, whatever interaction I was having with any of the other aliens, mm-hmm. it just set the tone immediately. And I was just like, Oh, like, you know, the snow or whatever they're called, the, mm-hmm. the alien mm-hmm. the elephants,
0: elephants with a pincer on their nose and the one big eyeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Those guys, I just remember their music and I, you know, and, and some of the more like devious ones, you know, the, the mm-hmm. music set so well. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because Ascendancy's music is super underrated. One of the best of all time,
0: absolutely. So that's so that's the one for me for 4X in the '90s, and for non-4X, SimCity 2000 for sure. Now, in the 2000s, anything jump out at you? See, now there's
1: there were just so few games, like 4X games at least that I can think of. So civilization 4 yes i mean that's yeah absolutely the most yeah I can't right <laughs> wow I okay can't, wow Ralph,
0: <laughs> you call yourself a 4x gamer are you serious though i will tell uh, you i will make this admission right here I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna one, edit
1: out this whole part and pretend like i brought no no civ
0: i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not going no to. no no please don't leave this in there because i want to state this the number one song from civ 4 i despise baba yetu i hate that song
1: and actually, it's by far and away the most popular one because yes. you have people... It doesn't that... mean anything. I still yeah. hate it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I do think the rest of the music is f- fantastic. So much better. I would actually <laughs> skip over Baba Yatu.
0: Yes. Yes. Because that's the intro music when they do the video. Right. When they, So I always skip. I'm like, okay, come on. Let's get to the game. And <laughs> you know? also, I skip it. So, all right. So let me see. What else from the 2000s?
1: So... I, I, I was big into Guild Wars then. I think that's mm. yeah, no, I never it, played it. F- the first multiplayer game my dad had gotten to. And so we would mm. learn to play together. And, I, you know, I would do the best I could. But oh, there was some really good music in that that I remember. Um, mm. But nothing else stands out. Definitely Civilization 4 is by far and away probably the game I spent the most time with. In fact, I'd say Civilization 4 is the, time, the game, the 4X game, actually probably the game period that I've spent the most time with out of any game ever. Because I can't tell you how many games of Civilization 4 I played. I mean, I'd probably because it, it was during a time where I had a lot more time, free time. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: I I understand. Me. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. And I remember coming home after work every day because I was in the mm-hmm. Marines then and playing it. So I mean thousands of hours probably.
0: Do you know what my most played game from the 2000s is? I, you know, uh, Bejeweled? No.
1: <laughs> what is it?
0: Galcef 2.
1: Yeah, see, I played that quite a bit, but it I would say civilization Four once it came out, I was so, like, it was just a perfect time for me. Cause two thousands of hours, thousands definitely, because yeah.
0: Brad kept tweaking the game and kept doing like the game was getting harder and I would just grab, I knew where the files were that kept the images. So I would grab like certain images from online that I wanted, like various aliens and stuff like that. And I would pull them into the game. I think one, I used one of them as an avatar on their forums nice so well I, not one many but there was one in particular that i really liked. so yeah so all right so let me see what about the the tens oh endless space one for sure yeah me too it was 2012 i think so i, I yep
1: yeah I, I, the intro music to endless space one is just it says the, the it's so, like amazing it's got all that like music. I mean all the music for sure but I'm saying like that intro song as you fire it up in your you know the mm-hmm. main menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that. It's it's got a nice like string sound to it and it's mm-hmm. it's also electronic. It just yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, so I mean as as much as I love Endless Legend and I love the music in Endless Legend and as much as I mean I really like the music in Stellaris. They did a fantastic job with that. I I really like the music in Age of Wonders Planetfall, you know? They did a yeah, fantastic job on that. Endless Space 2, fantastic. It's made by the same pe- same group of people, the same production group that does Endless Legend and Endless Space. But Endless Space 1, just it's better. It's the best game music, in my opinion, of the, t- of the teens, 2010s, yeah. so far. I mean, I haven't heard anything better yet.
1: I'd agree with you on all accounts because I think that all those games have fantastic music. And it wasn't until *Endless Space* one came out that I realized that I was missing out on good music because I'd mm. I'd, I'd gone back and I'm like, oh wow, okay. So at the time, I remember thinking of Civilization Four being the last time I really enjoyed music, and then before that, mm-hmm. I remember thinking *Ascendancy* had amazing music. So yeah, *Endless Space* one, and then of course I'm gonna plug the whole like you know GoFundMe thing right now because
0: oh we could have, we could have to the guy. By the way, by the way, I'm not mentioning this as an opportunity to segue into a plug. I'm just, you know. I'm taking the initiative. Okay, the you're taking the initiative. Go ahead. go <laughs> so, ahead. No, it's just
1: an opportunity to be like, hey, listen, we could have that dude that's put this really awesome music out there do our podcast intro. So if you want to help out with that, that'd be great. Go find me on our site. There you go. And
0: s- and some people, I read some of the comments, they're like, I don't get it. You're, the music from Mango Drive is so good. Why would we change it? And I agree. The music from Mango Drive is awesome. But I think you're trying to, we're, yeah, we're not, it's not like we're never going to use it. We're going to absolutely use it. It's just, you're trying to, you, you've made all these changes lately. So you're trying to change everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, Literally.
1: It would just be cool to have, I so it just as like a rotation, right? So here we have sure. one of the most well, if not the most well-known Forex composer, music composer, doing something for probably the right most now, well-known. Right now, right now. Yeah, right. one of the most well known.
0: Nothing can surpass Baba Yatu.
1: Right, again. I totally understand that. But right now, yes, the that, the, the That the,
0: one won Grammys, didn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, I I mean it's been played. I've heard other people sing it. Like I've heard right. other groups make it. I had Tuva I've couple. heard
0: Tuvan throat singers sing it. It's <laughs> just like yeah Why? so there
1: you go now you yeah. know you've made it right right but no the idea is just to sort of add it to our rotation but i obviously clearly play it as the intro to this podcast for some time mm-hmm. as a celebration of how awesome that 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 would be so so yeah good. all the music would stay manga drive we've we've we we had a great relationship with that guy
0: we, we still a, we still have a great relationship it's just we, we kind of fell off the radar I haven't talked yeah no we to, the, to them for far. a long time so but and yes,
1: we have some fantastic music from him. So I'd be happy to keep that in a rotation. I just really think it'd be great to have a fly-by-no introduction. So that's what, um, that's what I'm hoping for. Regardless, that's it's going
0: to happen. I'm just hoping you guys will help me. Like I said. Okay. So, all right. Let's move on to the next topic. So this one is contentious. And this one is political. But this one is interesting. So I, uh, this was six months ago or so. I started the Valve versus Steam thread. And we've had all kinds of drama within that thread. And here's the thing. I kind of have to repeat this again. Like, look, whether you agree with me or not, that's fine. If you disagree with me, state why. If you agree with me, state why. But what what I don't want to ever see in a thread is people disagreeing with each other and then attacking one another. I can disagree with people without attacking them. But if somebody attacks me, then okay, I'll attack you back. And I can promise you, I can be really nasty and I can say some really (laughs) horrible stuff. In five different languages, right? Yeah, in many languages. I'll get you. I'll find what works and I'll get you. But that's not it. You see, when you resort to insults and personal attacks and profanity, that's just being lazy. That's just almost like giving up. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated. F you. We're done. You know, it's like, okay, well, then just don't participate. Say you're out, and that's it. So anyways, so this past week, there has been an interesting development. Now, this has nothing to do with Epic or Steam. Well, it has everything to do with Steam. It has nothing to do with the Epic Store. But it's interesting because it might impact the Epic Store too. And I'm dying to know how they're going to react to this. Not dying, but really wanting. So basically, French court has ruled that Valve must allow Steam users to resell their game. So when we buy a game through Steam, we're buying, we don't own the game. Essentially, if Steam went out of business unless you downloaded the game and kept your computer offline where nothing updated on it. I'm assuming when Steam goes and, you know, it nukes itself, it'll wipe everything out. Whereas let's say if you buy something from good old games or my apologies, GOG, you download a a a version of the game that's completely open, no copyright protection, no DRM, nothing. You know, you got it. It's yours. So there's another player in all of this. But basically, if you can sell your used games, when I look in my Steam library, I think I have like 152 games, maybe 151, 53, something like that. And like some of them I bought on impulse. So if I could just be like, oh man, I just want to get rid of these games. I can sell them? Yeah, yeah, please. I'd gladly sell them. So... You know, I'm curious, how is that going to play out? I mean, that's going to be in Europe, but is it going to make its way to the US? Is it going to be just simpler for Steam to just permit this across the board? Or are they going to, or is Valve going to fight them back as, you know, hand, tooth, and nail? And then if that does get, happen you know what's going to happen with the epic store because they're notorious for not doing stuff like this they do other stuff oh we'll give you games we'll you know give a bigger cut to this to that but like there's a lot of stuff that steam has that people take for granted and that's kind of what my personal perspective was is that you know if somebody's coming into a marketplace and within the marketplace you already have all of these features any other service or any other product would try to match those features so for example i'll give you i'll use tesla when tesla came into the marketplace and started selling cars they didn't sell cars without seat belts headlights windshield wipers chairs steering wheels or you know whatever some controls because all the cars have them so they have to sell a product that's on the level but some of the stuff that epic does it's not matching steam and they had the roadmap like oh we're going to do this we're going to do that that roadmaps disappeared they they blew all of those promises they're gone they're like, no, but we're the good guys. And Valve are the bad guys. And Valve is like, we don't have to say anything. We just got to make more money, you know? So the only good guy out of all of this, in my opinion, are good old games. I mean, GOG.
1: But, Actually, I think the only good guy right now are the French the French courts. <laughs> well,
0: well, we'll see. We'll see if this lasts because that's, you know, uh, I, I'm game. I'd sell probably half the games that are in my library. And because I don't do impulse buys anymore like that. Games I buy, if I don't play them now, I plan to play them later. But I have quite a few games in my library that I will never play. And I don't want to delete them just because there's a way to delete them. It's very elaborate, but there's a way to do them. But I'm afraid once I delete them, I forget that I deleted them. And (laughs) make another impulse buy at some point and be like, damn it, no, I think I bought this a second time. Why did I do that, you know?
1: Yeah, so... What I think basically the French court said were that you own things. Like, there's no way that Valve can say you don't own something. Like, you can't necessarily lease something like like Steam's mm-hmm. trying to make you do right now. So, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. saying that, they're saying, not only are they saying that you own that stuff and you shouldn't have to lease it, you shouldn't have to be, like, uh you know, renting this game from from Valve, but that with that, you should also be able to resell it because it's your property and it should have always been your property. So... That's what I think I I really liked about it, was that it was definitely... It was not only saying, like, you should be able to resell this stuff, which I totally agree with, but I also think that it was trying to say, in its own way, that this there's just no reason for video games on this platform to be leased in the way they are. They should be your own property. You should be allowed to do whatever the hell you want with your own property. And and, and, and Steam's going to have to react, because, I mean... If the French are doing it, it's only a matter of time before the Germans do it. Well, it's the- not
0: the Germans. It's the whole EU will have to. I know. That's what I'm it. saying.
1: Like, that, and then it becomes an EU thing. So Yeah. And then hopefully it becomes an Amer- I mean, I don't think it ever will because... Oh,
0: it, it'll have to be because think about it. The What happened with the EU, with the law rules and stuff like that, that's been right, applied okay. globally.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, it's
0: too much of a... So the market. So if you take like north and south if you take the americas in general north and south america canada the u.s all the nations in central america south america and you lump them all together that's a pretty large amount of people now there's all kinds of price disparity and there's all kinds of other stuff going on but all that stuff aside just u.s and canada that's that's a i mean we have a lot of our fan base from there and that's a huge chunk of people
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see how epic responds to because
0: of course if it's not just Epic. What about like the Sony store, the Sony play store
1: no, and, yeah, and Microsoft
0: absolutely. with Xbox and, you know, Nintendo, because all of those stores, essentially when we're buying digital copies of games, we don't own the game. If you read the EULA, not one of them says you own the game. You're buying a license for the game. So they can go and they can change whatever the hell they want. And I mean, they do that on, on mobile devices. I'll give you an example. Um, I bought a couple of games that my kids play. Right, so I bought the full version of Plants vs Zombies, not Garden Warfare, but just Plants vs Zombies One, Plants vs Zombies Two, game I play. Bejeweled Three, uh, Angry Birds One, Two, Three. Well, the company that made those, I believe, is PopCap, or that's the publisher. EA bought them out, so EA own, has owned PopCap now for quite a while. So it went back in, and the thing is, I paid the, I paid full price for these games. I bought the games. I didn't get a free version where it's full of ads. I bought them, they're like five bucks a pop or whatever they were. And so like a whole bunch of different, so I spent maybe, I don't know, $50, $60 on a whole bunch of mobile games that my kids can play and I can, you know, no internet, lock all the ads out, lock all the in-app transactions, purchases, none of that stuff, right? Well, after EA bought them, it went in and changed everything to free to play. Even offline, you get ads, you'd unskippable ads, redirects. And it's like, but I paid for this. I paid for a full version of a game for a key and they're like, oh, well, you don't really own it. You're just, I, I got in touch with them. I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, oh, well, you don't own it. If you read line 2,325,000 on sub, subsection Z, page 2042, with a magnifying lens on a digital device, you need a magnifying because that sucker's tiny. You'll see that you don't own the stuff. You're just, you bought a license to play the game. So that's all digital software. I mean, that's what Microsoft does with their Windows 365, right? We don't have to buy it anymore. We're just leasing it now,
1: right? Right, yeah. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's the whole issue, I guess. So we'll see how it all sort of pans out. I'm excited. Well, yeah, yeah I think I'm excited to see how it pans out because I think they end up working out for us.
0: I hope so. I hope so. God, and, yeah,
1: I hope so, too. <laughs> I, just, I say that and now I'm going to knock on
0: <laughs> Right, me too we lose everything (laughs)
1: just like oh you don't even own the
0: device anymore (laughs) all
1: right that's cool now are your computers mine uh okay cool um that's great so yeah what have you been playing
0: this week man um i have not had a lot of time to play but when i did have time to play i was playing thea 2 that's pretty much the only game i've been playing like when i play something for fun lately and i'm still finding these just weird quests and i found something that i swear to god when it happened i was laughing it must have been like 11 30 at night and i don't know how i did not wake up my wife and kids i was i was like full blown laughing and i did a couple of screen grabs and posted it on my steam wall i guess or on my screenshots. so if you know if you're a steam friend of mine and you'll see like stuff posted you might see that but i, I don't know can i can I I, I I don't know we're age-gated self-imposed but still <laughs> so i can't really discuss it though it wasn't anything like that it's just the language used was hilarious i was like did you see do you know what i'm talking about or no i do yeah yeah
1: yes it's very strange but it was cool <laughs> no yeah.
0: not it's not strange it's a joke she's well, the, the main writer for muha games Uh, milo yuki she's like she's got a wicked sense of humor i was laughing so hard so anyways so that's what i've been playing Theater 2 nothing else none on nothing just no time no time whatsoever what about you
1: well i don't know if you're familiar with fmr he's a guy that on twitter and through like the forex channels has been a pretty big like he also does uh french let's plays and stuff like that but he's a pretty big like, personality, I guess. No. Nope. Um, like, the, the relative... Okay, so this guy, FMR. I don't even know what F- FMR stands for, but <laughs> he, he's he been on, like, Forex forums from everywhere I've seen. He does French Let's Plays of all of Amplitude Studios games. And then he went, like, totally quiet for a while, and then he came up and was like, hey, by the way, I'm making my own Forex game. And it's got oh. Fant- Fantastic Creatures.
0: Oh, yeah. I yeah, I saw, saw that. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: So he sent me a key and I fired it up and have been playing that a bit and look forward to you know reporting on that pretty soon. Nice. Um, I've also been invited to the Astra Exodus uh, beta and I've been mm-hmm. able to play some of that too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I've got a and a out to the developer mm-hmm. and I want to post that as soon as we get it back. But I mm-hmm. also have requested permission to do some videos too. So hopefully nice. we'll get that. Nice. And then finally um, there's two other games, one of which you cannot
0: talk about yeah i cannot talk about (laughs) right i have a guess as to what game that is bejeweled for but it's okay oh man yeah but the other game being
1: crying sons which is a game that i had no idea or anything about until somebody showed me a let's play of it and it's got it's it's i know this is gonna be right up your alley but yes
0: i know i'm keeping an eye on it i know what you're talking about i follow them on twitter yeah, it's it's a
1: it's like a roguelike tactical strategy game with mm-hmm. like ship combat, but it's like it's got it's it's much deeper than FTL, but it has FTL elements. It makes me think a little bit of Halcyon 6. Halcyon 6 is a great example. It definitely is a much darker game than Halcyon 6, mm-hmm. and I'm digging it so much that I've been playing it as much as I can possibly play it. I haven't got past the second stage yet, but mm. there's this it, it, it's so good. There's like this underlying story about what in the hell happened to like humanity and these robots that they used to rely on mm-hmm. and they've all sort of just deactivated and no one knows why. Super good story. I'm really interested in it and it has won me over. So crying suns is a great game. If you guys haven't already started playing that, cause I think a lot of people are already joining in about that bandwagon, mm-hmm. but it's a great game. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And then yeah, those other two forex games, and then one game that I'm not gonna talk about, so I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a lot, a lot of things that I've got. Like you know, and then most of my my spare time is is working on experimenting stuff. So yeah, I have Q and A's going. I have uh, I, I, I requested permission for like 14 games that I not that many. I have like four games that I'm currently mm-hmm. trying to get either a and A or video of, mm-hmm. and I also have a Let's Explore, which should be up tomorrow by the time you're listening to this of dominus galaxia which is the game developed by jeff Graw. Mm-hmm. um and i also have a podcast that i dealt with i did podcast interviews that i did with him uh, about dominus galaxia so nice this week's well, gonna be like a dominus galaxia week because he's moving into kickstarter so.
0: so quick question for you so i know that um you got access to that uh, last written piece by troy you think you're gonna knock it out this week
1: Yes. Um, if it's not this week, it should be early next week. So if you haven't seen okay. the exposition by Troy this week yet, it'll be early next week. We have a lot of great content coming. So it's kind of I'm just trying to schedule it and space. It no, out I, enough so dude, that
0: we're not, I know how it is. I know yeah. how it is. I know exactly so. how it is. It's um, unfortunately, I can't contribute because in my spare time, I'm trying to catch up on the stuff I couldn't do in my regular time. and when i have a break from my spare time i'm trying to catch up on the stuff that i couldn't finish in my spare time from the regular things so by the time that i'm done with everything i'm just like sitting there and i'm like i'm going to sleep
1: i get it i totally get it so i mean in the meantime uh you know there's a few of us working behind the scenes trying to get a lot of stuff done and hopefully you guys will be enjoying some really good content coming soon so okay I think and, that's and, it and, for this. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying that, again, uh, I know we're all going to do it. We're always going to do it. But thank you to the Patreons that make it possible. The patrons mm-hmm. from Patreon that make it possible. And thank you to the people who have actually already donated to the GoFundMe for FlybuyNo. You mean everything to me. So everybody who supports us in any way is amazing. Uh, those of you guys who have been on the Discord lately and have seen some of the fun stuff that I've done with the bot
0: dude that bot's overwhelming <laughs> it's, that bot's everywhere
1: he's, he's funny though he's, he's, he's we might need to tone him down
0: a little yeah bit, but he's, the, the frequency needs to be cut down by like you know 50 or 200 <laughs> percent is, is my suggestion i, I have a but, feeling that the that the people that are enjoying the bot are going to get their pitchforks and tortures and <laughs> that's coming i see it already
1: well, anyways, if you guys aren't in our Discord yet, please come join it. And if you hate our Discord bot, let me know. I'll do something to tone them down. Yeah,
0: try to execute it. See what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyways, guys, thanks for listening this week. This was Rob and Nate for Explominate. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.